a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are my friends Liz and Matt. And, uh, friends, we are here on uh, January 26th talking about the first five episodes of The Bad Batch's second season. Now, uh, before we get into this season, it's been a minute. Let's just sort of recap our feelings on The Bad Batch season one. Uh, For me, I felt that there were some fun episodes, but it felt like a lot of missed opportunity to me. And the way I described it to somebody recently was that The Bad Batch feels like the boring episodes of The Clone Wars. So that's mm. kind of how I I framed my enjoyment of season one. Um, what did would, you know? Share how you guys feel about that? Yeah, I I think it's fine. It feels like season one of almost anything Star Wars does, where it's a pilot, but they're the ones making it and picking it up, so you don't know why they're doing it that way. <laughs> sure. um, it advances the story an inch. Um, but is overall fine. There's some stupidness in it, um, but that's okay because in the Clone Wars vein, it can be funny and it can be serious. It really leans into that animated piece uh, that you can kind of only do with this sort of thing. Um, so I thought it was fine. I didn't know why it existed to begin with. I was very down on it from the like introduction arc in that like bonus season of clone wars uh-huh. but i liked it better than i thought i would liz all right um yeah i i agree with what both of you said to be honest i don't remember much from the first season and watching the second season didn't jog my memory too much <laughs> in terms of details i yeah. you know i guess i remember yeah where they wound up and kind of why they are where they are at this point in time. But besides that, I, I, I feel like I don't really remember I, too much from the first season. Ultimately. Did um, you also have to Google is Wanda Sykes in this already in my head? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. Funny. You should mention that. <laughs> what, what was it? I didn't Google it, but I thought about it because I, yeah, I was like, wait a minute. It's like, OK, I guess not. But I, um, okay. yeah, so I, I, I feel like, I, you know, in the maybe, you know, we'll talk about this more, but maybe this season hasn't done much more. Also, I, I feel like something that stood out to me was just maybe what a contrast in differing shows that Star Wars does now have to offer and that the last show I watched and I, maybe you watched as well was Andor mm-hmm. uh, and just how many different shows there are now that Star Wars um, does offer to its fans. Yeah, and this year we're supposedly getting, I mean, Mandalorian starts March 1st. We're supposedly getting season two of, um, I'm blanking on the name, the anime show that Matt loved. Oh, oh um, Destiny's. No, it's not close. It's close. Visions, yeah, there we go. Visions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're, something generic. Yes, and, and we're also supposedly getting that show Skeleton Crew, which is the Jude Law uh, starring show that supposedly is supposed to feel like a classic 80s Steven Spielberg movie set in the Star Wars universe. Mm. 
uh, and we're also supposed to be getting um, Ahsoka this year. So that, oh, yeah. that, that's a whole lot of Star Wars TV. So uh, yeah. this is going to be a, a Star Wars TV heavy podcast for the next uh, few months. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Liz, that's a good point. Like it, it really does feel like there's a lot of um, just a lot of variation in the Star Wars television world right now, and ultimately, I think that's a good thing. It's a little bit less of a good thing when uh, we choose to cover all of it, and because I, I know, like for instance, there are certain shows. Andor that Matt didn't like that much, and um, mm-hmm. you know I, I think that this is probably pretty low on I'm gonna guess on Liz's Star Wars enjoyment scale. So you know it is a little bit tough if we're trying to consume it all. But I would say that overall I would rather have more options to watch than just yes. have like one show and this is what it is and you deal with it or you don't. Um, yeah, I agree. All right, so I, I I don't want to go like super in depth with each episode because I feel like there's not a ton to get into with each episode. There is one episode in particular I do want to spend a fair amount of time on, but let's just sort of cl- maybe you know grab these in in one or two episode uh, sorry two or three episode clusters to talk about them. So the first two episodes are part one and two of a story. The first one is called Spoils of War. The second one is called Runes of War, and mm-hmm. Uh, this <clears throat> these episodes dealt with a um well first of all I do like that this season so far we are splitting up the bad batch a little bit and we are getting yes. episodes that aren't just all of them together at the same time because I think one of the issues that I had last season was I knew sort of the broad strokes of who the characters were but we didn't spend enough time with any of them to get a real sense of sort of what makes each one tick. Mm-hmm. And so to have a little bit of time with, we've had a lot of time with tech so far, who I think was maybe the <laughs> most, the least used one yeah. last season. So yeah. I do like that part of it. Um, But so uh, the first two episodes deal with uh, basically a, a, a mission that of course goes wrong. And they wind up on <laughs> uh, Sereno, which is the planet that Count Dooku is from. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of talk about like separatists and sort of what it means to be a separatist versus what maybe the Bad Batch thought that meant. Like one of the things that the show is trying to do is basically separate um, like propaganda from reality in terms of the Bad Batch and letting them see that like before I, the one character says it before I was a separatist, I was just from Sereno. Right. And so I do think that that is interesting. It's it is digging into a piece of Star Wars lore that I don't think a ton of people were clamoring for more about, but mm-hmm. actually I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, you know, we all watch the Clone Wars, and the Clone Wars really does a good job of laying out sort of the separatist appeal and wh- you know how there are there's not just one reason to be a separatist, much yeah. like there's not just one reason to be a a rebel, right? Um, but yeah, so what what do you guys think of the first two episodes? I mean, they were fine. Um, it, man. So I feel like the like the episode description is the best summation of it. 
the Bad Batch plans a risky heist that could put the entire team in danger. It's just like, yep, this is them kind of doing what they do again, again, again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like the the Separatist angle of it because I really liked um, those episodes in the Clone Wars where we saw kind of the other side of it. I think this season really seems to be diving deep into that. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. I don't know if we needed two episodes to explain this because again it's not it's not an hour-long premiere on a weeknight so i don't know why we stick so hard to old tv tropes when it's being released digitally right yes <laughs> agreed liz what do you think of the first two episodes um you know i again i they they were fine um i thought at the beginning in terms of maybe character development it seemed like omega is older than yes. she was yes. before okay yeah mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the beginning of that first episode, they took a little time to show that she had grown older. She was studying. It seems like she's more adept at maybe fighting, helping to rescue the other clones, and she can kind of take care of herself on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, though it seems like later in that episode, either the first episode or the second episode, though, I think she had like a stuffed animal also. So it's sort of that in between for her um in terms of you know her own character um and again i I think these two episodes again address that idea that uh, with that old man i think his name was romar yes um the idea is sort of you know in some ways the regular people those civilians who pay the price um in some way even when i think the second episode in the empire was there was mentioned how you know what dooku took from his own people he doesn't want anything back. Just wants the empire gone. Yeah, th- there was one thing I did want to uh, sort of bring up here, which is I am. I like that there is now there's this vice admiral Rampart who is like seemingly a villain of this show, mm-hmm. and I do think it's good that there is, like, the show needs some tension that isn't just a like mission of the week storyline. There needs to be someone that, that carries across the series. And I think having Rampart as a as a villain that maybe can show up a couple more times, that's that's a good thing for the show. Yeah. And it's also a nice narrative way to weave in um shoot what is uh, um the sniper crosshair crosshair mm. crosshair and the rest of the team um in a way that makes sense kind of narratively yes i agree with that and speaking of crosshair this is the episode i want to spend some time on this is um the solitary clone is the name mm. of it and this is i think the best episode of the bad batch that there has been yet I think that's true for a couple of reasons. This really digs into separatist stuff and does so in a way that doesn't feel like it is pulling any punches on either side. I really enjoyed that part. But the two things that are the most important here are we get a lot of time across here and mm-hmm. we get Cody, who we have not seen since the end of the Clone Wars. Um, I think actually the last canonically time we see him is in Revenge of the Sith, where he turns on, um, he turns on Obi Wan, but that's mm-hmm. a char- I mean, I would say in terms of the clones on the Clone Wars, 
aside from Rex, Cody is the one we spend the most time with. And yes. I think that it, it what I really liked about spending time with Cody is that it shows that the clones could have observed Order 66 but still had a moral compass. Like I think one of the problems with the first season is that because we know about the Bad Batch being different and we know about Rex being different, it instantly put those six clones over here and the rest of the clones over here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get a sense that other clones had... Um, you know, we just felt like they were all sort of heartless automatons. And so it's nice to see some depth being given to other clones. And I think Cody leaving at the end hopefully means he's going to show up more in the show. And I like that a lot. Uh, Liz, I'll start with you. What did you think of this episode? Yeah, I agree. I think it was a great episode, and particularly because of the end where – we see Commander Cody negotiating with what was her name, Tawny Ames, I think it is. Um, and, you know, he gets her to surrender um, on terms that he's negotiated. And then, you know, he's given a command and he, he does hesitate um, based on, you know, maybe what you said, Brian's idea of morality. Um, you know, he's given this person his own word here. Um, and I, I, it's interesting to me also that she was willing to believe him. I, you know, does she know how the system works with clones (laughs) and orders, uh, and this guy who works for the empire, does she think, you know, that she's gonna, he's gonna let her live? Um, but I, you know, I thought that was a real interesting aspect to this episode, um, and even just, um, I think some of the things Commander Cody says, you know, he, he asks, you know, are we making the galaxy a better place? Um, and he talks about how, you know, we, we make our own choices and what makes us different from the droids ultimately. Um, so, you know, it seems like he's asking some, asking some questions. Matt? Yeah, I, I think I was, thought it was a great episode. And I think, um, I mean, I agree with everything Liz says about how great it was to see Cody and to see the what the fatal flaw of both those separatist slash independence and Cody um, was was having hope. And we talk about how you know hope is the spark of the rebellion. Hope is everything in the Star Wars universe, and what makes Crosshair understand the Empire is the complete lack of hope. That he, you know, these things, there's no right and wrong. There's just doing what the Empire says or you die. So he simply exists as a tool to be used by the Empire. Um, is he, and that gives him the ability to kind of see behind the curtain he kind of gets the reality of it without believing the fanfare, um, which is, I guess, good as a viewer because it's also sometimes hard to be like, how could anybody support the Empire? They're clearly space Nazis and you outnumber them billions to one. Um, But that's because of, you know, propaganda and uh, the way that totalitarianism works. And to see crosshair kind of 
begrudgingly accepting his role in it is interesting. And it makes him a much more interesting character than just kind of a generic mind slave. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And one of the things that I I took away from this episode is that Rex considers himself something other than a soldier, and that is why he leaves. And Crosshair considers himself only a soldier, and that's why he left the Bad Batch. Right? Like mm-hmm. it, it really shows the just the 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 mindset that both of these people have and how that mindset has allowed them to just completely completely remake their lives from everything they've known before especially for Cody i mean i would think that a runaway clone is not necessarily the empire's first priority but they also seem pretty petty and i wouldn't be surprised if they're going after him trying to get him you know trying to bring him back mm-hmm. um, so i i think it's an interesting it is a very interesting way to to begin Cody's post-Clone Wars journey. And I, I'm very excited to see where it goes from there. Um, what's interesting is that we, because we've seen, well, some of us have seen Rebels, not all of us have seen Rebels yet, but um, because we know that Cody is a, no, I'm sorry, that Rex is a part of Rebels, but Cody isn't, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how that how that works out, right? It's going to be interesting to see how they how they make those characters not necessarily, uh, you know, cross paths. At least not in that show. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see what's going to happen. You know. Um, but yeah, I am I am very interested to see how how this all shakes out with Cody. Uh, though the show that it, the episode that was after that one is called Faster. And it's basically a pod racing episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like depending on how you feel about pod racing as a Star Wars thing will determine your enjoyment of the episode. Um, yeah. I mean, I held my breath the entire time waiting to see if they were going to have Boba Fett, but they didn't. So that was great. That was great. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I thought for what this episode was, again, like it gives tech some time in the spotlight which i i appreciate and mm-hmm. it was pretty fun like yeah for, for a show that hasn't been fun very often this was pretty fun yeah, yeah. i thought teo brought some levity to to the show and to the yes. episode <laughs> yeah. Call, yeah. calling himself teo non-stop yep. <laughs> and then getting hit by the pod <laughs> <laughs> yes it was great yeah and then again a night what i like about you know, scum and villainy tales um, is the fact that nobody was really in the right or wrong there. Like everybody was doing something bad and it's not like the guy from the cloak was doing anything worse than anything else. Um, So that was, that was fun. And uh, I did like having more time with tech and realizing in the first one, I thought he was kind of just like, you know, aloof and arrogant. He is, I think, just a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, really great to see. And it's amusing. Um, 
So I want to go back and watch and see because he has no affect, no emotion. Uh, it's very both intriguing and scary. He did do the job of a robot better than – or droid, sorry. Droid mm-hmm. better than the droid. Than a droid. Yes. I, I did like at the end um, how I don't remember his name told um, – uh, the clones and uh, I forget who was there. It was Tech and who else was it? Um, uh, Wrecker. Wrecker. Um, that they you know can't really trust Sid. I thought that was. Interesting. Oh yes, I, I, I did want to talk about that. Yes, mm-hmm. um, that character whose name I can't remember either. Um, but who was? Uh, let's see. Who was the voice? It, it was it, it was uh, Ernie Hudson. Okay. Yeah, Ernie, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, who I am currently enjoying on the Quantum Leap reboot. So, oh. um, and he plays a character from the original Quantum Leap in the reboot, which is great. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, what do we think about Sid? Was he saying that Sid can't be trusted just to fuck with them, and like sow seeds of doubt because he lost this this uh, this bet, or do we really think that Sid can't be trusted? Well, that's I, what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I was sowing discord, or is it real? It, you know, it, it. Would he have any reason to tell them the truth? I don't know. Sorry, Matt. I feel like I, inter- I cut you off. No, no, no. You, you're good. I, I, I think it's real because we see her screw them over all the time. <laughs> right. So I don't know if that's going to come to a head. If he's going to become the new you know connect or what um but no she she is not to be trusted um maybe she now feels bad because they risked their lives for her but she wouldn't do the same for them i don't know maybe she'll have a change of heart but i don't think she's um trustworthy at all which also might be why we're adding in another piratey character in yes. Wanda Sykes. Uh, yes. So Well that was what I was gonna ask you is like Good point. do we think that's why there is this new now do you trust the Wanda Sykes character more? Uh I feel like I don't know enough about her yet. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I guess so, but that's just because she seems friendlier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have anything to base that on because my brain is still hurting from the episode that I watched with her. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in, in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I thought that I thought that the episodes three and four had me very excited for where the season was going. Mm-hmm. And then episode five, which is the most recent one, uh, entombed, just kind of bummed me out again. I mean, um, some somebody. Somebody in Lucasfilms had amazing um, concept art, or this might have been something they lifted from, you know, Macquarie's work. But it, it in theory, is really cool looking. In reality, is insane. <laughs> well, here is my question. Okay, mm-hmm. there has to be a reason. And I'm guessing that I know the reason, but I'm curious to what you folks think. Why did they not make this a Sith or Jedi place? 
Like, doesn't it just seem like if you're going someplace in Star Wars, this sort of mystical mountain place, doesn't it just make sense to make it a Sith or a Jedi temple? Huh. Why is it a giant robot Arceus? And why does it explode when you put the key back in it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody it, thought of anything in this episode. Was it a key or was, or was it a flash drive? <laughs> yeah. I, or a lava lamp, maybe? I don't, I don't really know. It was um, really... And also, who had the compass? Why did it end up in a rebel ship? It's... Yeah. It, it, my God. Well, I can ignore the compass part. And I can kind of we, we we we've seen a we've seen a knife compass before. This yes, we have. is no worse than that. I right, exactly. <laughs> yes. So you know, I I am fine ignoring a compass. I'm also relatively fine with there being a structure that I don't understand how it works, even if it works stupidly. Like, I kind of can forgive that. But to me, and my answer was going to be: Is it just because they've been told like don't fuck with the Jedi stuff because? That might be – you never know when Jedi stuff is going to be needed in the future. So don't yeah. do anything that could potentially hurt a future story. Uh, I'm. That seems plausible. I don't know. I mean I would vaguely wave at the giant griffin versus demon arc of Clone Wars, but <laughs> – Right. I don't, but it, it, it seemed very point, weird. At that point, not as much was happening in Star Wars. Like the Clone Wars was kind okay, of the I could, thing yes. happening, right? So I, I could definitely you could take a bigger swing yeah. in that in that regard. Also, the it, this it, to be I I was a history major in college. The concept of there being an ancient civilization when you're talking about the entire galaxy makes no effing sense because what a history of one world what is ancient on that world has nothing to do with the time period of another world? Are we talking like to the Big Bang? I, it's very, very nonsensical. Uh, I mean, breaking news from today, apparently a radio signal from nine billion uh, light years away came to the US, came to like America today, or the Earth today rather. Oh like, my God. So some crazy thing. So, I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, space, yay. Um, and again, like, I am... I think I am maybe of the three of us the most willing to just accept stuff because Star Wars says so. <laughs> like, but this just seemed like a it's like both a missed opportunity to tell mm -hmm. a piece of a cool bigger story and also just a jumble of plot points thrown together. Yeah. Are we are we never gonna ask why is there a rampaging robot that its entire job is to just shoot lasers at your ship. Yeah. They, like yeah. what, what was it? It's own like independent creature. And then was subdued by this ancient civilization. I don't think we're going to learn shit. And I thought it was going to be the dragon monster swoops in and then is actually trying to stop them from doing this thing. Nope. Just throw it out a window. It So it's uh, funny you say that, Matt. And, uh, this is a movie that the three of us have watched in the same room together. Um, but I thought that one of the creatures was going to be revealed to be the guys with the cross tattoos over their hearts from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Like, that this is something that is there to protect the heart of the mountain or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. that its whole job is just that it is a sacred mission to not let people get there. 
But we didn't get any of that. Well, no. yeah. I feel like I got strong Last Crusade vibes even just from the um, tasks they had to complete in order to get to the heart of this yes. creature. Well, don't worry. They're going for the Holy Grail next. So Yeah. And then that as well. Matter would of that, time. Would that be the cup that Anakin drank out of? Hmm. Good question. He is space Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so. It know. really, it, it was such a mess. Again, I thought... again, somebody, somebody had great art because taking, taking individually, like it's a, like beautiful ideas, I guess. Like beautiful visually, like mm-hmm. this giant laser shooting alien machine that they are in the even the kind of like putting together the pieces of things okay whatever but there was no story there was nothing we've also gotten no further in a storyline we've learned nothing about anybody it's weird it's weird that the pod race episode was so much stronger than you know most of the rest of the season I feel like there's two good episodes and then three I don't know what. That's a good point because I feel like the pod race episode maybe didn't necessarily move too much along mm-hmm. in terms of um, certain things like this episode, but that episode was so much stronger in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's that's interesting. Yeah. And made on the most overdone concept in <laughs> Star Wars and still was able to utilize it in new and funny ways Hmm. um and teach us more about characters yeah yeah i i I would say that and look i would say that there is there's a learning curve for all of these shows but i think season one is the learning curve and maybe maybe we have the right to be critical of this but this just feels like a season one mistake of an episode tossed into a season that's been marginally better than the first one. Yeah. Um, it just, and it, yeah. yeah. And at least in other series, they would have the decency to make it with only spinoff characters. Like, you know, a weird trudge through the desert where a frog commander is leading an army of droids or a, uh, a what's one in rebels the one where the uh like imperial ship encounter droid is (laughs) the main center right like this took this was the first like we had the team back together again and did this with them (laughs) it's very weird (laughs) yeah i mean i do episodes three and four gave me hope for the rest of the season that there is going to be more interesting stuff happening. Yes. And it's it's a relatively long season. It's 16 episodes. So we have a lot of time. I would say so far my personal scorecard is that we've had three we, – we had two okay episodes, two good episodes, and a bad episode. Mm-hmm. That's not Which terrible... puts, us, puts us over average on Star Wars in general. Yes. That's a way higher winning percentage <laughs> than the movies. And generally better than most of the other TV shows at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. My my fear with the Bad Batch 
is that I'm not fear. I'm not afraid of anything about the Bad Batch, really. But like, <laughs> what I don't understand about the Bad Batch is if they knew the Mandalorian was launch- launching March 1st, you know that no one's going to give a fuck about the last six episodes of the show that air after the Mandalorian comes like returns. Why oh. didn't they do this right after Andor? Mm, good question. Are people that into like Christmas films that you can't launch a, a Disney Plus Star Wars show in December because people will just be watching Christmas movies and not watching them? Mm-hmm. And both, both, yeah. And it's interesting because both of those um, are then like right in the wake of the starting of you know phase five of uh, the Marvel universe. Yeah, but I because I, I mean I I think I think the the consumer base of superhero movies and Star Wars is pretty much two circles. <laughs> you, you mean you mean one circle? What one circle? One yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, to be fair, I guess I forget that people are excited about Marvel Phase Five because Ant Man looks so boring to me, but. That's just me, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I'm going to make you eat those words once. Oh, I'll, I'll once go see Kang, it. When, when, once Kang eats up those scenes. Mm. Oh, I mean, I'll go see it with you, with you guys. I look forward yeah. to seeing it with you guys. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm not very excited about it. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it's just it's odd to me the way that these shows are being spaced out, because I really think like it, you figure, Visions is going to have to overlap with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Unless it's going to be like the week after The Mandalorian. Because it's supposed to be spring of 2023. And Mandalorian, each episode's been, each season's been, I think, eight episodes so far. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? So we're talking yeah. all of May, all of March. All, I guess it could be a May release. But then even if Ahsoka and um, Skeleton Crew were each eight episodes too, unless they're going back to back with those, I feel like we're going to have to have more space in between. I just don't know why, again. Well, yeah. Use yeah. the Bad Batch in four episode mm-hmm. chunks between other shows. Yes, and I wonder if the animation has its own timeline versus the live action, because they also, they dropped um, not... I don't remember if Visions dropped during Boba Fett or right before it. But the um, Tales of the Jedi was just Doring Andor. Like, they didn't care. Right. Yeah, it just seems to me like... So I think Visions is going to drop on a random Thursday mm-hmm. and then just be there, which is sad. Yeah, it, it just seems to me like you have room to make these all matter. Make them all matter. Yeah. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> Liz, any final thoughts on the Bad Batch's first five episodes? Um, I can't think of anything else um, other than what we've already said. I definitely forgot there were 16 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, I'm going to propose, by the way, that we don't talk about this again until after the season's over. <laughs> Just uh, uh, unless... I guess this is this is more of an off the air conversation, but unless mm-hmm. you feel like you'll never watch it if you don't watch him now, 
Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 yeah. like us watching it for the show gives us a reason to watch the episodes. Gotcha. Versus like just forgetting that. But we'll talk about that off the air. I feel like that's okay. a big embargo for life. <laughs> like, I may mention something like in our group chat. I feel like waiting another 10 weeks is a long time for me to bottle in okay. my thoughts about this All show. Right, so, so maybe, maybe we'll do one. We'll do one more and then we'll do the end of the season. Yeah. All right. we'll I don't think we need, I don't weeks. think I'm not going to want to just discuss tribe. We, <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to have to have to bottle in the, all those The thoughts. next episode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So we'll, we'll figure something out, but, um, you know, we're we're not that far away from the Mandalorian. We are uh, not that far away from these other shows. I I am very excited about all of this, in the sense that I just like Star Wars. But I have to say, my excitement level, like I am, I am generally excited to be a Star Wars fan. There is not a show aside from Andor that I am like chomping at the bit to get back to, though. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of happy it's all there. Um. But it's going to be interesting. I'm sure I'll watch five minutes of The Mandalorian, and I will be, like, totally, you know, <laughs> Din Jardin pilled again and just be all about it. So we'll see what happens. But um, until that happens, remember, the Force will be with you always. 